Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 27, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interviewed Dr. Carl Kopp about his newly co-authored book, Microlearning Short and Sweet. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. Well, like always, I'm excited for today's interview. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from a solution provider, practitioner, and educator perspectives. Today, providing expertise from all three viewpoints is Dr. Carl Kopp, who was one of our original guests all the way back in 2017. Dr. Kopp is a professor of instructional technology at Bloomsburg University in Bloomsburg, PA. Carl has written eight books on the convergence of learning, technology, and business with a focus on games, gamification, and interactive learning. He works all over the world helping organizations deliver impactful, meaningful instruction using game thinking approach. He has been a TEDx speaker, a keynote at Maisie Learning Conference, and is author of several LinkedIn learning courses and was named one of LinkedIn's 2017 Top Voices in Education. Carl recently co-authored a book with Dr. Robin DeFelice about microlearning, wore a stop on their virtual book tour, and we're going to learn all about it today. All right. Well, welcome back, Carl. Great to have you on the show again. Yeah, it's great to be here, John. Thanks for having me again. Two years. How does time fly? You were our third guest on this show. It's great <laughs> to have you back. This is episode 27, so uh, we've talked to a lot of folks since you, so it's, it's great to get the update here. So this book, Microlearning, uh, short and sweet. Excellent. You teamed up with uh, Robin DeFelice to, to write this. Could you tell us about the book and why you yeah. decide to write it and who's the target reader and how will they benefit? I know that's a lot of questions. But... Sure. No, that's okay. And, and actually, I think it's great for your, so, so for your audience. So when you think about uh, where learning is going now and what people are doing, uh, a lot of it focuses on short, quick pieces of information. Uh, people don't have a lot of time. Uh, a lot of the learning management systems are now web enabled or I'm sorry mobile enabled so you can get information on your phone so what kind of information do you want to send somebody um, to their phone what kind of information do you want to send them on a on a regular basis what kind of information do they need so microlearning is this concept of providing short targeted information that covers maybe one maybe two topics at the most in you know a very short amount of time now, there's all kinds of uh, talk about, you know, oh, it's five minutes, it's 15 minutes, it's whatever. We don't really define it by time. We just say short, targeted information. So in one industry, maybe it's an update on what the latest accounting rules might be. In another industry, maybe it's three things you need to do to remember to uh, be within compliance guidelines, right? So it's very quick, targeted information that's delivered often to a mobile device, but not always. Sometimes it could be to your desktop. And um, we've also uh, expanded the definition to be, you know, a job aid or an infographic or something that's very quick piece of information. And the other thing that we talk about in the book is uh, we give examples of uh, organizations using micro learning for various things. And we also talk about how it is integrated into the larger curriculum. So if you have an organization, um, you can use micro learning not just to provide information um, for new content or how to, but you could support a larger curriculum. So organizations have 
for example, offered a series of webinars and then as a follow through said, you know, if you if you come and you, and you join this webinar and, and you, you, you pay for the fee, then every month for the next 12 months, you're going to receive uh, refresher information or reminder information or new information around this particular concept. And it really helps people stay focused on the information. It really helps people remember the information and it really helps people uh, change their behaviors or attitudes around that information. Because we know that sometimes a one and done training doesn't work, but uh, the continual reinforcement can work and can be very effective. So I don't know if that answers all of your questions, but um, <laughs> that was, so uh, it's it's less about making it so it's less about thanks Carl it's less about making it short and more about extending it out over time and proactively pushing it well it's a little bit of both uh so um we define actually six different types of microlearning so there's a bunch of different ways to do it but one way is definitely to push out content over time uh, another way is to refresh content over time Another way, there's a there's a bunch of apps. So, for example, we talk about one app. It's called Present R. So the word present and then a small R, which is um, this is a really cool app. It's designed to teach uh, individuals how to give a presentation. So it's this app that you download to your phone, and it tracks pacing, volume, and interrupting words. And so we say that's a type, you know, almost a, a coaching type of um, micro learning. So we define a bunch of different types of, of micro learning, and um, that's just one way of doing it. And the the I guess the commonality among micro learning, and you know our official definition, if you will, is that micro learning is an instructional unit that provides a short engagement in an activity that's intentionally designed to elicit a specific outcome from the participant. Mm. And we specifically say participant and not learner because you know, uh, I had to change a shower head on my shower the other day and, you know, pulled up YouTube, five-minute video, change the shower head. Now, could, you know, if you quiz me right now, could I tell you the steps? Probably not. So it wasn't designed for me to learn how to change a shower head forever, but it was allowed me to perform in the moment. And that's also part of micro-learning. Hmm. Is it tied to skills and competencies, uh, skill and competency model, or it doesn't have to be? It, well, I think ideally it should be, uh, but it doesn't have to be. It could be independent of that, but most of the time the most effective microlearning is tied to uh, skills and competencies to either help improve skills. Like a lot of uh, microlearning is used a lot in the sales space, so uh, helping um, the rep remember features and functionalities or in the pharmaceutical space how to detail the product or what the comp competition is doing or even helping people understand and think about what the sales model happens to be. Remember, the sales model has two things that you need to keep in mind. So you can listen to that on your car, on your way to a sales call, in the office waiting to see somebody. You know, you don't have time maybe for an hour discussion of it, but you could get these quick reminders that would allow you to very um, uh, efficiently and effectively bring those to a conversation that you just uh, – learned or practiced or reinforced a few moments ago out in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Well, me and my readers, we love measurement uh, for sure Fantastic. And, uh, if, <laughs> on, on everything that we do. So how do you go about measuring that specific outcome from a participant? Like what, what, what does that mean? 
Yeah, that's a really good uh, that's a really good question. So a couple things. So whenever you use measurement, of course you have to do a baseline. So you've got to know what the behavior is that you're trying to influence or trying to change, and you have to know what the behavior uh, standard is. And then when you do the intervention, you measure against that particular standard. And um, what a lot of um, micro learning platforms are using is XAPI. So they're measuring maybe amount of time that you spent uh, watching the micro learning, how often you access the micro learning, when do you access the micro learning, and then what was the results of that. So Carl, who accesses the micro learning, you know, seems like every time before he goes into a sales call, increases sales by you know five percent. So we know that's being effective. So they're um, taking baseline measurements using XAPI typically, and then measuring it against the, the results and the outcome. And th that's where you get that. And it's really interesting to me because one of the reasons that I was really attracted to concept of microlearning is because there's a lot of research that shows learning a little bit of content over time is much more effective for long-term retention and recall than trying to learn everything at once. And you know, I'm sure your your listeners have all crammed for exams and done really, really well in those exams, but then three weeks later can't remember a word of what was on the exam. So we all know from personal experience and from the research that cramming really doesn't work. Um, but we also know from the research and experience that getting a little bit of uh, content every day, reinforcing what you know you should be doing actually makes it easier to recall that content and easier to apply that content. Mm -hmm. Wow, great. Mm -hmm. So what, when I saw you uh, write this book or co-write this book or co-author this book rather, uh, you know, you're known in the industry for gamification and I've written a ton of books uh, on all the, the, the flavors of that uh, in the corporate sector. Uh, is there some crossover between the two topics? Like how, how'd you go from yeah. one to the other? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people ask that question. So, a, a couple things. One is, while um, uh, very much known for games and gamification for learning, along that line, I've always kind of been interested in learning in general, which actually is what got me into games and gamification. So, I'm always kind of interested in, you know, what's the underlying mechanisms of how people learn and how people gain new information. But what I found, so that was one driver. But what I found a lot with the uh, gamification platforms is a lot of those platforms, actually most of those platforms, used micro learning to deliver the content that was gamified. So, for example, you know, you, you'd have information and, and you get, you know, maybe you're leveling up. Well, in order to level up, you know, to the to the highest level, you had to have some kind of learning, training, behavioral change. And the way that that was being enacted was through micro learning. And one of the vendors said to me, you know, Carl, one of the one of the hardest problems we're having, you know, our platform works well, the gamification, everybody likes that. But when we have the client give us the content or create the content, it's sometimes off base. You know, they'll cut up a larger class or they won't be covering just one objective or it'll be too vague or they're not really focused on uh, different learning domains and it's, it's just not gelling. And we've, we're kind of frustrated because we have this great, great, great package, but we don't have great content and we're not in control of the content. So I said, oh, that's really kind of interesting. And that, that makes a lot of sense. And I see all these micro learning vendors. I wonder 
if you know they've got the technology but are they talking about the design of the micro learning intervention because if they're not then it doesn't matter how good your package is if the content's not effectively designed and looking at a lot of the content i was like this isn't really you, you you just can't copy and paste from a word document or from your policies and procedures and call that micro learning right you need some kind of design behind it so that got me really kind of interested in, okay, well, what can we do to help people design better instruction? How can I get them to think about, how can we get them to think about making instruction that's meaningful, making instruction that makes a difference and doing it in a way that they're comfortable with, that's explained well, and that doesn't um, overwhelm them. Mm -hmm. So that was that was really how I got involved in microlearning. Really, there was this big need and people were asking me all the time, um, you know, how do we do this? And so uh, that was really kind of the steps. And I had worked with Robin lots of times before, and Robin's done lots of consulting. And Robin is very, uh, what I love about working with Robin is she's so, you know, organized and regimented and asks like really good questions that I take for granted. And that really helped us kind of inform the book and figure out what's the best way to uh, lay this out so that people can understand it. Mm hmm Interesting. When an organization thinks about micro learning, uh, training and development organization, do they would they think about it, uh, you know, across all their audience groups, or is it more common to provide or find high impact applications of this and kind of consolidate your efforts to uh, to the most important things, or, or or doesn't that matter? What what are your thoughts on that? No, I I think I think you know like any. Uh, intervention of learning and development is that you know there's only so many resources and there's only so much time to do things so i think you need you need to think about where it would have the most impact what's the biggest need how can you provide something that people really want and people are really looking for um, you know we did uh we have uh one of the case studies in the book is the american society of civil engineers and um, they saw an opportunity for helping their members um, learn more about innovation in the field. So rather than put, you know, they've got tons of courses and they've got, you know, 150,000 members and spread all over, over the world, like 177 countries. And they said, look, we, we, we have basic fundamental information on, you know, engineering that people need, but what really is hardest for them to get and what's of the most value is if we could send, you know, the latest and greatest out from, you know, pillars in the field so that uh, everybody could stay abreast of what's happening. So they didn't put all their efforts into, you know, micro learning everything. They said, look, this is the, the uh, content. This is the need that makes the most sense. And I think any organization needs to look at that and innovations in the field, uh, breaking new, you know, things that are happening, uh, the cutting edge, or you know, in technology we like to call it the bleeding edge. But uh, the, <laughs> and uh, trust me, it's for a reason. So, um, but they um, they chose that, so that works really well. Um, you know, if you're teaching, and I always, we, and we talk about this in the book. You know, if you're teaching uh, uh, concepts, if you're teaching procedures, if you're teaching declarative knowledge. Uh, micro learning works really, really well. If you're teaching, you know, problem solving and some of the uh, higher level cognitive skills, 
it's maybe not your best tool for that particular type of training. So uh, we talk about looking at the content, we talk about looking at the audience, we talk about looking at the need. Um, so there's a number of things that go into your decision of whether or not micro learning made sense for uh, the particular audience, particular subject and, and that kind of stuff. So um, we try to really provide people with the tools to make intelligent decisions about what should be micro learning and what maybe is taught in, in a better a better methodology or delivery method but um, regardless like uh, is that the good instructional design you know outlasts or outshines any delivery method so regardless of even if you're not going to deliver in micro learning uh, the book does outline sound instructional strategies and processes. You know, somebody said, well, you, you know, one of the criticisms of the book, well, maybe not a criticism, but somebody said, you know, I think any of these these principles would work for any kind of design of instruction. You know, it's not micro learning specific. And we're like, yeah, that's kind of the point. The point <laughs> is, it's, you know, sound instructional design is sound instructional design. And whether you're doing a classroom, an hour long e-learning or, you know, two minute micro learning, you've got to follow sound instructional design principles if you expect to get, you know, as you said, those measurement results. Uh, if you're just sending out information or just sending out vague platitudes, you're not going to get the kind of movement you want on behaviors or knowledge or competencies or KPIs that you want. The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. Is there a uh, preferred media with micro learning? Is it is video the, the litmus or can it really be anything? I, I can tell you the hottest right now is video. Uh, Video-based microlearning is hugely uh, popular um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, we go over, uh, you know, video learning definitely I think is, is, is a good one. And then kind of the animated or explainer videos are very hot as well in terms of microlearning. Because um, you can get a lot of information in a short period of time. Video is great for comparing conveying emotion, showing procedures, step-by-step, -step, um, transporting somebody to, you know, a technical area. So there's a lot of value of video, but we talk about podcasts being uh, effective micro-learning. You don't have to have, you know, you can have a relatively short podcast. We talk about um, text-based micro-learning, or we cite a really interesting study of uh, uh, this group of men in India who had um, – predisposition to uh, they were glucose intolerance predisposition to type 2 diabetes and uh, the intervention there was text messages so they just got text messages twice a day and it actually changed behavior and helped uh, a large portion um, avoid contracting type 2 diabetes just from text messages um, we talk about infographics we talk about you know uh, we make the argument that flashcards are a methodology and now you've got digital flashcards as well as physical flashcards uh, we also make the you know um, argument that it doesn't have to be um, it can be a laminated job aid right it, that's sitting at the work cell so it doesn't have to be uh, technology driven to be effective or even to make a difference I think a lot of times in um, you know today's modern environment it's not cool or you don't get the funding or nobody pays attention to you if you uh, create something that's you know uh, analog 
but in fact there's a lot of value to analog instructions and job aids and performance assistance all are forms of you know micro learning so um, it really runs the gamut but I, I would say digitally and what's hot right now is video based and it's you know it seems quote unquote relatively easy right you set up a camera you put somebody in front of the camera and they just talk uh, but that's not really uh, always the most effective methodology. You know, you've got to have a plan of what you're going to say. You need to set it up. You need to reinforce it. You need to have, you know, some interaction, I think, on screen to show kind of what you're talking about so people get it. So there's a lot of things that, that go into that. Um, but that does seem to be where everyone is kind of thinking about uh, their efforts in terms of um, micro learning. Interesting. When you talk about micro learning, uh, the platform guy in me automatically thinks, well, geez, an LMS should be able to do most of what you're describing here. But I've heard you use the term uh, micro learning platform in our interview today. Could you define what that means to you? And is that something incremental to an LMS? Yeah, that's a good question. So some of the older LMSs uh, make it a little bit more difficult to manage and to uh, release. Um, small bits of content. Sometimes it, it, it takes a lot longer to get into the LMS to find the content that you need or to have it served up or look at the list or you know, it's not kind of in the moment. So there's a number of platforms out there that are specifically meant to give you uh, a frictionless access to content with one or two clicks. Um, now you know, there's, I mean, this is, <laughs> I feel funny saying this to you because you know, and everyone, all your audience knows, but you know, there's many different kinds of LMSs and many different ways to access the information in the LMS. So some of them seamlessly do micro learning with no problem. Um, but it, when some of these platforms first started being developed, it, it, there was a little bit more friction involved. So uh, these mm -hmm. platforms uh, oftentimes are separate. Um, some of them actually integrate into the LMS itself uh, through deep linking or other methodologies of, of getting to the content in there. And a lot of uh, uh, content in a, you know, a legacy LMS system in an organization is probably not um, designed to be accessed from a microlearning perspective. Um, so some of the courses that organizations have, even though they could serve it up from the LMS, their content is not ready to be served through the LMS in terms of micro-learning because uh, the content in there is too large and, and uh, not readily in a micro-learning perspective. And then, uh, and then a lot of times, as I said before, uh, the gamified gamification platform has a lot of LMS elements in it. And so those platforms, uh, as you know, can, some of them can sit right on top of the LMS. Some of them can be integrated right into your everyday workflow. And so can um, some of the, you know, let's say that you missed asking customer for their uh, credit history. A lot of micro learning tool platforms will notice that you missed that micro learning slash gamification. Notice that you missed that and then serve you and say, hey, Carl, um, this is the third time you haven't checked credit. Here's a little two-minute module on the importance of checking credit or a reminder of how to do it or something like that. So there is some integration into existing systems. There are some systems that have that capability. 
Um, it's uh, a lot of um, gamified systems have that. And it's interesting uh, when I look at and talk to gamification vendors, it almost always goes through kind of an evolution, right? So they'll call me and say, hey, Carl, you know, we have this gamified uh, platform or solution and we use and da -da -da, and micro learning and, you know, all this. And uh, could you help us with the gamification stuff? So, you know, I'll talk to them about gamification. And then inevitably, like six months later, a year later, they'll call Carl, we're rebranding, we're changing. <laughs> we're not really going to be a gamified platform. We're going to be a micro learning platform or performance enhancement platform or we're going to, you know. So it's very interesting to see this kind of evolution of these systems that are using gamified elements kind of move more toward um, a micro-learning or performance-based application, um, oftentimes uh, now competing directly with the LMS for uh, the attention. I've had some companies say, look, in this geographically dispersed company, nobody goes into LMS, but everybody goes into our platform every day. So mm -hmm. we're the communication platform, not the LMS. They only go there for, you know, drudgery, compliance-based training that they have to do. Who should buy your book and what's the most important thing, takeaway that they should have after they get done reading it? Yeah, so uh, I think anyone who's responsible for designing, delivering, or strategizing uh, learning through the extended enterprise would be a perfect candidate for the book. And what I think the most important takeaway is how and when to deliver the right type of micro learning. And that's, you know, we kind of go through that a lot in the book. So uh, almost anyone that's, you know, responsible for learning makes sense for them to get and understand this book. And then, then they'll understand the right micro learning for the right need and the right audience. Mm -hmm. Great. And how can uh, folks buy your book? Yeah, it's on Amazon.com. I would invite everybody to follow our blog book tour, our virtual tour. Uh, if they go to me on LinkedIn, uh, just type K-A-R-L-K-A-P-P, -P, uh, you can see the tour. You can, uh, because we link, so you can go back to some old tour visits if you want. You can get a new tour visits. Amazon and ATD Bookstore also has uh, the book as well. So uh, either Amazon or the ATD Bookstore is a great place to get it. Got a hashtag too? Yeah, we do. Hashtag uh, MicroLearnSS. MicroLearnSS. Right. Short All right. <laughs> Short and sweet. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Carl Kopp uh, talking about his, his new book uh, written with uh, Dr. Robert DeFelice, uh, MicroLearning, Short and Sweet. And uh, thanks, Carl, for coming back on the show after – couple of years it's great to yeah, thanks for having talk me. with you again i keep talking for an hour but that wouldn't be short and sweet <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> listeners thanks for tuning in to another episode of the talented learning show podcast series you can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com thanks everyone and we'll see you on the next one